Today is election day. It is, it in is. the Georgia Six, have you voted yet today, David? No. Or have you voted early? I'm, I uh, started to vote early, and then we changed our mind and went Chinese. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I am as soon as uh, this show is over, I'm I'm headed to lunch and going by my polling place and vote. Well, my wife voted this morning, uh, and she was. Uh, uh, back at the house a half hour after leaving, and we live we live uh, 13 minutes from the polling place. So uh, she was just nobody in line at all. Huh. Although I drove by four other polling places on the way here today, and all the parking lots were full. Now, I don't know if they're full of poll workers or actual voters. Um, and the only people I saw outside, you know, of course, there's a million campaign signs. The only people I saw outside any of the polling places were John Ossoff people in their blue shirts. <laughs> Uh, I, I think Ossoff's got a real chance here. I oh, mean, clearly he's in the runoff. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's in a runoff, right? Uh, I think he's got a chance to take the whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I've got to pass on this little story. Please do that. Okay. So, all last night, it was one call after another. So the well, your house. I didn't get any calls last night. Oh, man. None. I mean, it was one after another. So, I won't exactly say when, but... The last call I get, I'm about to jump down the telephone, you know, because it's a little bit late. Oh yeah, they, they call. My, I got a call at nine o'clock the other night. So, so, I mean, I'm I'm ready to throw, cuss them out and throw the phone, you know. And uh, before I could get my words out, but the sound of answering the phone was there, you yeah. know. It was my brother-in-law, <laughs> but he almost got it. For but I I, I have never. You know, we have the no call thing, which right. I don't think that's it, useless anything. anymore. The no call registry doesn't yeah. exist anymore. I don't think people. I don't think it does either. But any so, uh, I mean, we had it's probably Obama's fault. Probably, yeah. we had literally, we must had between ten and a dozen calls last night, and that gets very old very quickly, and uh, you know, uh, I, I'm with you though. Unfortunately, uh, Asaf. However you say his name, Ossoff. Ossoff. I think it's Ossoff. Um, Mocher Ossoff. He uh, he unfortunately has a he's put a lot of money. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't like him. Why don't you like him? I what did he do? He's thirty years old. Okay, so he's young. What kind of experience does he have? What kind of experience Uh, does he have? And come to find out, some of what he has been touting is not quite literally the truth. Like what? Uh, his five years experience, he started when he was in diapers in D.C. or something? Well, well apparently he was very young. I, I think clearly he has overstated his, his experience. Yet, what have the people who have experience wrought us? Hmm? Well, he brought you hmm? to my studio. <laughs> no, no, but what, what really? Look, look at the elected politicians that we have with their experience. What have they brought us? Anything worthwhile? I mean, I think the problem we have is we keep sending the same people back to Washington, D.C. Well, but I, I can't send uh, you, a Pelosi lover back to D.C. or to D.C. Well, how do you know he loves Pelosi? Oh, he told me. He told you? He told you? Yeah, I called and said, <laughs> I, you know, vote for me because I love Pelosi. Oh, man. Is that falling into the fake news category? It's, uh, I'm pretty sure you know, words, listen, if, I love if, Pelosi has never come out of his mouth. If, if, if the politicians can lie, there's no reason they... Uh, a uh, radio person can. No, that's that's true. Radio people can, in fact, lie. I believe that's absolutely true. Uh, but, I, you know, 
also, if you look at the alternatives, okay? Let's look at the leading. There's 18, of course, candidates for those who don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many American, anybody in America doesn't know about this race at this point. There are 18. I think, although I think one of the Democrats dropped out. I'm pretty sure. Right. <laughs> so I think there's only four Democrats running, and the leading one's Ossoff. Why the other Democrats are even in the race at this point, I don't have any idea. Because if they had a brain, they, they would all be behind Ossoff, right? And you've got 11 Republicans and one independent. Or maybe it's 10 because when there's one independent running, I know that. Because his sign says independent. independent. Um, but then you got the Republicans. so And you've got a wide array of Republicans. But the leading, there's only maybe four Republicans that have any shot at the runoff. Uh, you got Karen Handel, who I know you love like a sister. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. Um, step, Karen has run nine times for six offices and lost all but twice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, And the same people keep voting for her over and over and over again. One thing I noticed, though, and this is interesting. And they give her money. That's stupid, too. Uh, well, that's just crazy. But did, I, I don't know if you looked at the financial disclosures of the applicants. Uh, and this is what actually was interesting. Okay, who put what money in, and and as well as their own personal funds. They just how much money they're worth, right? Karen Karen Handel and her husband apparently are worth nothing. They have nothing. Uh, they've got to be. She's got to be in her early sixties, right? I mean, she can't be younger than sixty. No, I would think so. She can't be. Um, and they had less like like less than a half a million dollars in assets. Hmm. That, your whole life. Really? You've worked for 40 years? That's what you got? That, that the kind of leader I want to have in Washington, D.C.? This is something that actually surprised me. Ossoff, he's worth $1.5 million. I mean, you know, you could play about being a kid all I want, but he's, he's had a good career. The brief career that he's had, he picked a good career, apparently did well enough in college to get a good career, uh, and, he, and he develops uh, videos and documentaries. I never can say that word right. Docu- documentaries. Documentaries. Docu- documentaries. I'm talking about, about <laughs> strategic like government. Government. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's done them for Al Jazeera, but he's done them for other news channels, too. But Al Jazeera is, I mean, whether you like it or not, it's a legitimate news channel. Um, so, I mean, I respect the guy. He's made, he's made money in his job. It's gone now. Uh, in the U.S., but not nationwide. The the TV version's gone, but the print stuff is still there. Near as I can tell, because I just saw an article of him just now. Um, Moody put in, as I knew he would. Remember I told you one of the reasons I didn't run was Moody. He was going to put $2 million bucks in. He put $2 million bucks in. He wrote a check for $2 million. So he, other than, than, uh, 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 than Ossoff, he had the most money. And he apparently has done the least with it. So you look at the four leading candidates for the GOP. You've got Bob Gray, who is a Donald Trump band leader. I mean, he's all about Donald Trump. He's been endorsed by D.A. King. Donald King, the leading anti-immigrant voice here in Georgia, has endorsed Bob Gray. You've got Karen Handel, whom you love. Uh, you've got uh, Dan Moody, the $2 million man. Uh, and you've got Judson Hill, who's been endorsed. And, and Moody was endorsed by Purdue. Um, Handel was endorsed by... Was it who endorsed Handel? Was it some some big politician endorsed Handel? The governor that worked with her, or whatever. Uh, yes. Um, what did Purdue? It was. Uh, and I, no, no, I, um, I can't remember yeah. now. That's important. It was. Uh, and then you've got uh, Judson Hill, who's been endorsed by uh, uh, Marcos uh, Marco Rubio, and Gingrich endorsed one of these people. I may have been, maybe it may have also been Judson Hill. I'm not really quite sure. Um, and that's it. 
I have my, a good friend, a young friend of mine is running Judson Hill's campaign, but Judson's gone <clears throat> full Al Jazeera anti-immigration, so he's out. You know, he's toast. Gray has done the same thing. Handel has run on the fact that 20 years ago she balanced the budget. That's just great, awesome. Uh, and uh, uh, you've got uh, Moody, who looks, looks tired in his ads. He just looks tired. Him of the big shovel. Uh, of those four, here's my prediction today. Maybe let me know if I'm right. Do you write this down? Uh, Ossoff will not win this election this today. He will be running against Bob Gray in the runoff. That's my prediction for today. I, w- uh, I would drink to that. And, and you, you're going to have. I think it's going to. That's going to be a very. That will be a referendum on Donald Trump because Gray is Donald Trump. And if I was Ossoff, I would run ad after ad after ad with Donald Trump and Bob Gray's face next to their ad after ad after ad of them two together. They would tie them both to a sinking ship. That's that's what I would do. I initially was very excited about Bob Gray's candidacy until he went full anti-immigration. I don't know how a guy who wants to lead in one of the, in, in in the high tech sector. Of Georgia, this sector is the high tech sector of Georgia, can be anti-immigrant. I just don't know how he can do that, but that's what he is. And um, you know, he lost my vote uh, when he did that. So that's kind of uh, that's today's election roundup, David. And I think uh, uh, it's going to be a fun day. I of course voted last week because I am not one. I do not like polls on election day. I'm I'm much more liking polls long before. But there was a line when I voted. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. All right. Um, last night, you want to vote. You don't know for sure if... I mean, you're not Charles Cook uh, that knows everything. So I'm not a regular voter, what you're, you're saying. Just, you're just a plain old person right. like me. So my wife and I decided we'd, we'd go and vote early. Uh-huh. But we didn't want to just go and find out they closed at 5. And what time do they close? It's hard finding on the Internet. Well, there was no and early voting yesterday. Early voting ended on Friday. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You well, could not have voted yesterday. They should. They should. Early voting. They if you type it in or whatever, they give you a bunch of 2016 stuff, but very little on 2017. Well, and I, I, actually, actually, the, I actually thought the department, the, the Secretary of State's website is actually great on this. It's called myvote.sos.ga. Okay. Now, how are you supposed to know that sitting at your couch? I asked out? Siri. <laughs> I li- no, literally this morning, my wife goes, "What time do the polls open?" Oh, now I know Siri, that. Seven, what time did the polls open in the Georgia Sixth District? Boom! I had an answer in ten seconds. Yeah, seven o'clock, seven a.m. Yeah. And, and where to vote? And yeah. you put your. I mean, so I just ask Siri. Oh, okay. So, uh, David, you have an iPhone, or you should have one. No, soon. I have a Droid. Well, Droid, you can you can ask Bob or whatever it is, whatever version they have of the voice recognition on there. I use that function all the time, by the way. Oh, I do too. So, where do I vote? I think that's. But I, I mean, when I would ask it, it would come up with either 2016 or ambiguous stuff about voting in the six. Well, that's weird because I mean, we actually went right to the Secretary of State's website, uh, and um, it asks for your name and your birth date, and it tells you exactly where to vote and the hours and location and all that. Well, I will be going. Oh, I. I, This is totally off the subject. But I gotta commend the Secretary of State and the improvement in that website from a couple of three years. Oh, ago. I think it's a great website. It's I've a been... it's a very good website, yeah. and uh, whoever's uh, I mean, you know, I can remember 
two years ago, three years ago, I went to renew my corporate yeah. all my cor- the yeah. corporation stuff. It was pulling. It was a no, three it was very easy job. this year. I did the same oh, thing. I thought, wow, this is just so much better. Yeah, but three years ago, it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. And it was down half the time, and you couldn't get in right, and yep. this and that. But my uh, accommodations or my kudos to uh, the Secretary of State. And well, he's running for governor, so you'll have a chance to vote for him for governor. Uh, I don't think he's, frankly, mentally smart enough to be governor of the state, but that's just me. Nice guy, though. It, it doesn't take a whole lot to run Georgia. You could do it. I know you could. Well, I know I could, David. I mean, that, that is a given. I know I could run for governor. Uh, somebody approached me recently and asked me to run for Secretary of State. And I thought, you know, that's a job I definitely would not want to have. Uh, definitely not want to have. Uh, so that's kind of this first round. Of, by the way, David, uh, the garden. Battle. You see my Facebook post over the, over the weekend? No, I did not. David, looking good. Mine, looking good. Mine, mine is looking real it's bad. It's a bad year this year, but mine is, uh, my greenhouse is exceptional this year. Do <laughs> um, you ever put down that black plastic to hold down the weeds? Or the, not plastic, it's a black. I have black fabric underneath, in my, in my greenhouse, I have bla- the black fabric underneath, the, and I have dirt on top of that in my greenhouse, but um, not in my garden. It's just too much work. I, uh, it's too windy where I am. I, did, I pulled it up, from, and I, I got to thinking, you know, I've never seen a snake on my property. Oh, I've had snakes. Oh, I imagine you have, but but I've never had. Um, but I got to thinking before I reached down to pull that stuff up, that would be a lovely, hot, warm, great well, place. Well, actually, I, I had that exact experience about five years ago. I did put plastic down in one area of my garden to kill a bunch of weeds and pulled it up, and there was there was a very large black snake underneath there. And very what, large. What did you do with that nice black I chopped its head off with a shovel. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, all you animal lovers out there, but there's plenty of snakes in the world. We're not going to run anytime soon. And um, I've sort of area. I grew up, you know, in Texas, and lots of snakes out well, there. We had plenty of snakes, and uh, I went by the theory the only good snake is a dead snake. Is a dead snake. I, I agree with that. I agree. Let's take a br- first break here on the election uh, gardening hour of uh, quarter of the immigration hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the next segment here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, we did wake up to a treat on Saturday morning. Our basement was flooded. 
Oh, no. Yes. What? So what my wife went to bed my... about 1 o'clock in the morning on, uh, on well, Let me ask. Friday night. Just not knowing. It was a plumbing problem. It wasn't a... It's a plumbing problem. Okay. Was it, it, wasn't did, was it your refrigerator by no. chance? No, it was not. Oh, oh that's good. So I, we, 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 I, I woke up about 6 30. I was going to go... I run in. I have a little treadmill. I go run in the basement. I go to my kitchen, which is near the... And I hear a sh- sh- like a fire hose. Oh, wow. Thinking, so we leave a radio on? What, what is that? <laughs> so I, it's really loud down there in the basement. So I go down the stairs, and I turn a corner that then, then leads to the open area, and there's a lake. Oh, man, I'm sorry. It's just glistening in the early morning sunlight, the lake. <laughs> and I, So I go down. Did we move our house? And I turn, I, I see water coming down from the ceiling as I turn to the left going towards my gym. So I went back upstairs. I'm thinking, oh, crap, something in the kitchen. It's right below the kitchen. Something in the kitchen broke. No, the kitchen's all fine. Not going to the cabinets, no, nothing, nothing's like that. So I, I said, I'm going to get wet here. And I went in there, and I go in the bathroom, and the, the service line from the wall to the bottom of the toilet broke. Oh. Did you know you're supposed to replace those every seven years? No. No, I didn't know that either until the home insurance guy told me that yesterday. And he said, too bad about your insurance? No, insurance covers everything. Get my deductible, and then I'm fine. They cover everything. Really? Uh-huh. Cover everything. I called them. So I go down. I need to just turn it off, right? But by then, I've got about two to three inches in parts of my basement. Uh, okay. What did they call it? Because you could, flood insurance won't cover it. No, this is, this is just homeowners Just homeowners. Insurance. Someone insurance. I call them 8.30 in the morning, calling them. Okay, great. Here's the numbers to call to clean out the people. Uh, I had, I called Service Master Service, probably abusing a company called Lang. They came out within a couple hours. Um, by 9 o'clock at night, all the carpet's out, the basement's dry, and all the blowers and dehumidifiers are, are working. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I got to tell you, my basement, I don't think it's ever been this dry. Sorry, <laughs> the service right master now. is, is uh, they're great. Yes, yeah, sir. I used, I called service master server, they put me on hold. I hung up. I hate being on hold. Called Lang, a company called Lang. They were there. They did a great job. Came out by one thirty. Everything's set up. Uh, in my in my gym area of my house, I've got that rubber matting, which weighs a ton and weighs a lot more when it's wet. <laughs> that was all out. Uh, and they'd hauled it every way. I mean, they hauled it all away. It was just, it was terrific. I got to tell you, I was very, very impressed. And it was funny because where they had parked their trucks in my front of my house, when they left, there was literally a lake of water there. Because <laughs> I mean, their, their waters, their, their trucks just leak in the water out the back of it. That's coming so from it was your toilet? The, uh, the, 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 the little hose. Ho- the hose that goes from the wall to now the bottom of the toilet. Did you have one of the flexible ones? It's the flexible it one. Yeah. The plastic screw, the plastic yeah. bolt, bolt, plastic bolt, yeah, yeah. snapped. Guys, this happens all the time. Manufacturers recommend you change it every seven years. So I'm literally, I'm going to change. I'm going to call a plumber. I'm changing every single one of those in my house this next weekend. I mean, you know what? <laughs> what I did when we went to Europe was that I'd had two friends mm-hmm. that uh, had left town different times and uh, came back, and their ice maker hose oh. had broken. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, had flooded their basements or whatever was under the under the kitchen floor. So I thought, well, going to Europe, I I was going to be gone a couple of weeks, yeah. so I'll just shut the water off. Uh-huh. Okay, so I did. And I get back and we drive in the. I thought I told you this. We mm-hmm. drive in the driveway and I have my own personal lake in front of my house. Oh no! And I'm thinking, you know. It hasn't rained that much, nor has it snowed. I wonder why I have a lake in the front of my house. 
So I call, and these these guys, I, I, I don't generally do this, but Mr. Plummer, yeah. uh, we've used them here at the office before, mm-hmm. and, and they can, They were great. They came right out, and um, they said, well, you know, your water main, the from your water meter to your house, that pipe has gone. It's eroded, and, and it's... Uh, and I said, you know, it has. So anyway, they were they were super good. Uh, they put a temporary line in so I'd have water for water service for the house. And then they came back and uh, did a super job of installing a new. And it's supposed to last a hundred years. It, it's I'll say PVC, but it's not PVC. That's other it's, stuff it's, they put in there. So yeah. whatever kind of stuff it no, is. Like, so at least your house didn't get flooded. The house didn't get but flooded. But you didn't have a lake just, in front of your house. Oh, yeah, uh, $1,200 worth of water was Ooh, what? Holy stink. Yeah. I don't even know what my water... The thing is, it was sometime... It, it probably ran for about three to two to, two to four hours. Oh, Thank yeah. goodness. I, what, if, what if that was the day we were in Europe? Yeah, exactly. What if we'd been out of town? I mean, exactly. That's now, the fortunately, scary the part. water was just crusting the doors, so it would have it would have gone out the doors. Yeah. Uh, we have three doors in our basement, so it would have and the base and the and the basement just tilted towards the back a little bit. You know, it's supposed to be a the basement's not perfectly flat. Well, what, what about all the servants that you have? Wouldn't they have caught it? Yeah, the servants in our house. That would that would have actually done it. <laughs> anyway, that was that was that was the Easter weekend along with kids and grandkids at the house. But mm. well, uh, last night, I, I, I think we should bad. get to I'm the immigration sorry. part of the show, don't you think? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, last night, very late last night, as I'm surfing the web, uh, Donald Trump leaks that today he is going to sign an executive order to make changes uh, to the H-1B visa program. Uh, H-1Bs, David, as you're probably aware after listening to this show for, gosh, a long, long time, is the visa for what we call skilled workers or uh, 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 workers whose job requires at least the attainment of a bachelor's degree. That's the, that's the legal requirement for the job. Uh, and these are designed to allow U.S. employers to remain competitive in the international and national environment by hiring the best qualified person for the job. It's not designed to weed out U.S. workers. It just says, look, if you as, a, as an American employer want to hire the best person and that best person happens to be a foreign national, you can do it. We're not, we're not going to say you can't do it because there might be a quasi-qualified U.S. worker for the job. We're not going to say you've got to pay crazy wages. you just got to pay the prevailing wage for the job. So you can't use these workers to undercut U.S. wages. And the U.S. government will tell you what the prevailing wages for the job. And generally speaking, by the way, these wages are higher than employers might pay. They just are. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, but Donald Trump, is, who is surrounded by anti-legal immigration, these are people who hate immigrants of all stripes. It's not about illegal immigrants. It's legal immigration. Um, has now gotten this thing called an executive order, buy American, hire American. So now the U.S. government is in the business of telling people, U.S. employers, who they can hire. That's what it's in the business of doing. David, what do you think? What's your first gut reaction to that? Should the government be in that business? I personally don't think government should be in any business. Exactly. But. So I, I knew you'd say that, and I, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, now, I think there should, of course, the H-O-B program needs some reforms to make it more effective. Um, 
it, but it's not rife with fraud. It's not rife with abuse. Most employers use it as it should be used. Uh, and it's used to attract scientists, engineers, programmers, nurses, doctors, accountants, lawyers to to work in jobs in which we have a shortage of occupation. I mean, for example, I would bet that a very large percentage, I'm close to 50% of the doctors in rural areas have been on H-1B visas. I mean, go to, go to rural Iowa and see who your doctor is. He's probably not an American, not a native-born American. He's probably a foreign doctor. Go to St. Joe's. Go to St. Well, if you want the best, why? And why do they, so what's at St. Joe's, right? Tell me what's at St. Joe's. Great heart hospital, right? Why do they have foreign doctors there? Because he's the best. They're the best. So don't you, did you care where your doctor's from if he's the best? I don't care. Yeah. No, I want the best, right? And yet Trump says, no, no, no. You got to have an American doctor, even if he's not let, not as qual- well qualified. You got to have an American doctor. This is what Donald Trump's going to do. So now he's going to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin, Cheeseheads, to sign this order, which is going to order the Labor, Justice, and Homeland Security departments to propose reforms to the visa program to prevent immigration fraud and abuse. The order, which of course he can't order changes to regulations, so I mean none of this none of this is going to have any immediate effect, nor can he change the law. But he's going to order these departments uh, to offer changes so that H-1B visas are awarded to the most skilled or highest-paid applicants. See, this is what's bad, David. We have the most robust, the best education system in Amer- in the world. We attract. We have attracted almost a million foreign students a year to attend our colleges and universities. And they, in many ways, pay a lot more tuition than most Americans pay to go to school. And they go that with the, with the possibility that after graduation, they might be able to qualify for one of these H-1B visas. But they're still going to be entry-level people, and they're not going to get paid the most money. I mean, this is where Trump and, and, and frankly, uh, the know-nothings that surround him, the the mentally deficient, the morally bankrupt, those that have no true understanding of how the immigration system works or really how extraordinarily beneficial the immigration system is to America or simply are so racist they don't care. Uh, they just want America to be white again. So this, this is kind of one of, the, one of the new opening salvos in the failing Trump administration in its failed hundred days to try to do something that makes headlines that in reality will not have any real effect on immigration. My guess is Stephen Miller wrote this and uh, uh, that uh, the, 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 the scallywags uh, at, uh, uh, that used to work for Jeff Sessions at ICE and USCIS and DOL and DOJ are all part of this kind of movement. Um, it, it, is Trump still president, by the way? I, it's been four years, hasn't it? It seems like it's been four years. It just seems so long. Um, administration officials said that, quote, the order seeks to strengthen requirements that American-made products be used in certain federal construction projects as well as in various federal transportation grant-funded projects. Okay. Does that mean you're only using American steel? You might want to tell that to Trump that he used Chinese steel for his buildings. Um, uh, you know, this... this you know, it's interesting. Now, the, the order's not out yet. We know what he. We know what the draft order looked like. Um, 
But the H-1B visa, which has been used repeatedly by the Trump organizations, by the way, uh, is this effort is really done... I mean, it seems like it's just done for publicity purposes because it's not going to have any real effect going forward unless the Department of Homeland Security is actually going to propose changes to regulations. My guess is uh, immigration lawyers, when faced with the destruction of the legal immigration system and employers who are negatively affected, places like Facebook or LinkedIn or um, large employers like Home Depot or hospital employers, they're probably going to get together and sue the administration to block this order or its regulations that flow from it. Uh, It is, uh, to me, yet another empty action. An action which which a guy like Bob Gray wants to support, but an empty action that has no positive effect for the U.S. economy. I mean, I have to wonder sometimes, uh, is Trump really out, maybe, to destroy the American company, uh, American economy? Is, is that really what it's about? That's because uh, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, buying American. Of course, we should buy American. The federal government should buy American. We support. I mean, that should be the primary purpose. But if we're not making the best products, Dave, we need to figure out why we're not making the best products and figure out how to get those in the United States. But taking a visa system which needs some some overhaul to make it much more effective uh, is going to be vital. And this doesn't do that. This is Trump once again falling down on the job. Falling down on the job. Let's come back here in the next segment on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. The American America's Web Radio. This is the Immigration Hour, uh, possibly the most listened to podcast on gardening and immigration in the known universe. Uh, thank you, David. A little chuckle from the peanut gallery there. Um, the H-1B visa, David, by the way, was in a full force and effect this month. Uh, April 1 through April 7th is the only week you can actually apply for an H-1B visa if you are not what they call cap-exempt. That is, you're not, a, you're not a university or college or not affiliated with a college or university. 
And so you're subject to the 65000 cap for people only with bachelor's degrees and uh, another additional twenty for people with the U.S. master's degrees. Um, and here's, what, here's the interesting factoid, David. The last two years, in 2014 and 20, in 2015 and 2016, approximately 250,000 applications were filed for these 85,000 slots, giving you around a 28 to 30% chance of getting picked in the lottery. Uh, this year, only 199,000 people applied. I mean that's that's a twenty percent drop. That's that's a massive drop off. Um, so the speculation as to why uh, now you've got a thirty five, maybe forty percent chance of getting picked in the lottery. Why the drop off? Well, I think we look at the simple stuff first. A lot of employers just got tired. Why should I waste my time and effort applying for an H one B visa when I've only got a twenty five percent chance of getting, and I got to pay the lawyer anyway? Now, the government's not going to charge my filing fee, but I, maybe I'm out that fee if I do get picked in the lottery, and there's no guarantee my case is going to be approved. So a lot of employers the money and said, looked at the money and said, nah, screw it, we're not going to do that. Um, the next reason why not is uh, a lot of employers said, you know, it's just not worth being involved in the program anymore. We're not, we're not, we're not optimistic about the future of, of immigration or, or H-1B visas, so we're not going to do it for that reason either. Uh, another reason is quite simple, is that the risk involved with people applying for the H-1B visa means the government may come and audit you. They may come in and take a look at your at your immigration hiring practices. They may come in and take a look at your I-9s. They may come in and take a look at your uh, public access folders. And if you're not obeying each one of these, then you are you know, putting yourself as a company at higher risk. So again, some employers said, uh, we're not going to do that. And I think the final reason people didn't apply for the lottery this year uh, is that the demand is down. I mean, maybe, in fact, this illusion, this Trump bump that we saw after the election through February now seems to be subsiding. Uh, and uh, we, we know that uh, unemployment uh, numbers went up in, uh, in March. Hiring was down. And the idea, maybe there just aren't as many jobs out there uh, for H-1Bs. The economy's not growing as Donald Trump said it would. Now, here's my question, David. If the economy does slump, the, how long before Trump blames Obama for that after taking credit for the Trump bump? Uh, uh, narcissism in this guy knows literally no bounds. So you've got an H-1B lottery program, which now is a little bit higher percentage of winning, but we still don't know who won. Uh, apparently, uh, they have immigration has started to cash the checks. Now, keep in mind, it's now the 18th. It's been 10 days since the lottery ended, and they're just starting now to cash the checks. We don't have receipt notices yet for any of our cases, but we do know that a couple of checks have been cashed, and once the check is cashed, that means you got picked in the lottery. Uh, we'll, we can't wait to see who that might be going forward. Uh, we hope a lot of our clients won their H-1Bs. We filed a lot of H-1Bs this year, about, about 100 of these cases for our clients. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, hopefully, more than 33% get picked in the process. But the H-1Bs problem is more emblematic of a growing problem within the immigration. Uh, the growing problem really of, uh, of 
how what is the word really exhaustion is exhaustion really the word uh i'm exhausted to, to dealing with a system that continues uh to be broken that continues um uh to uh, uh to not support the American economy, that, that, that continues to serve as a anti-immigration movement for politicians to use and abuse. Uh, it is, David, uh, extraordinarily frustrating to me that we don't yet have an answer, that we don't yet have a solution in Congress. Uh, the, the health care debacle in Congress may, in fact, have laid been the death knell for any possible immigration reform going forward. Because if they can't pass health care reform when every Republican in America ran on it, and they control the House, and they control the Senate and the presidency and the Supreme Court, and they cannot fix it, what hope is there... For an immigration reform, what hope is there for a tax reform? What hope is there for anything in the Trump presidency that does not benefit directly Donald Trump? Uh, I, it's David. It's just monumentally frustrating right now to see the impact of nativism on American on the American economy, on American society. And really on on people's lives, and it's it's truly sad. Um, I meet with people every day. I visit them in their homes. I, I go to the I go to their churches, and I feel that sadness. It, it's much more than fear. It's a sadness. It's a it's a rejection of the contributions that immigrants of all types, legal and undocumented, have made over the last 20 years in America that has truly only benefited from them. Uh, I will tell you, David, that um, and our listeners out there, that Trump's arrests, Trump's numbers are up over Obama's from last year. Um, now, we've talked on the show, David, how the last two years of the Obama administration, Obama really decided to not aggressively enforce immigration law as he had been doing for his first six years. Rather, he said, look, we're only going to focus on the criminals and try to deport them from the United States because we know we're limited to 400,000 people. Trump has said, we're going to pick anybody up. We had had somebody call us yesterday, David. This guy was walking down the street in Peachtree City. He literally walking down the street. Uh, and he was picked up by ICE. ICE came, approached him. Why ICE would do this, I don't know. And said, uh, show me your papers. And instead of saying, no, I'm not going to show you my papers. I don't have to. I'm in America. I don't have to show you anything. My name is Bob Jones. I'm not going to give you my fingerprints. Uh, and they just picked him. He, he said he was undocumented. They picked him and took him away. I mean, that really the kind of country we're living in? That, that hey, show me your papers kind of society? But the Trump number is a great article in the, um, the Times-Picayune from uh, New Orleans came out. It really it was following up on an article from the Washington Post that said that immigration arrests rose 
32.6% in the first weeks of the Trump administration, with newly empowered federal agents intensifying their pursuit of not just undocumented immigrants with criminal record, but thousands of illegal immigrants who have otherwise been law-abiding. USCIS arrested 21,000 immigrants, mostly convicted criminals, whatever that means, from January through mid-March, compared to 16,000 during the same period. So we say January through mid-March. David, that's what, two and a half months? Uh, and let's say two months. Let's say from the start of the Trump administration to make it, to make it equal. So if you, if you times 21,000 by six, because that's six times to two months, right? That's still only 120,000 people. That's not exactly record numbers of deportations. Um, arrests of immigrants with no criminal records more than doubled to 5,441, the clearest sign yet that President Trump has ditched his predecessor protected stance towards most of the 11 million. Um, Dan Satterberg, who is the prosecutor in uh, Washington State's King County in Seattle, said this, The federal government, in just a couple of months, has has undone decades of work that we have done to build trust in the immigrant communities. Um, Here's the interesting factoid. ICE's Atlanta office arrested the most immigrants who had never committed any crimes, with nearly 700 arrests, up from 137 the prior year. Now that that number is what's stunning uh, to see the Atlanta off. And I could tell you from my own perspective, David, as an immigration lawyer in Atlanta, we are definitely seeing a lot of people picked up um, because they are simply brown, because they have committed traffic violations. Uh, it is um, uh, it is sad to see, but at the same time. We're getting people out on bond. They're applying for work permits once they get picked up. And some of them have relief long-term in the United States. Uh, this is going to be a, uh, a very interesting uh, process uh, as they go forward. And a lot of, very, um, a lot of varied uh, um, movement by ICE in deciding who they're going to pick up and who they're not going to pick up uh, going forward. It is, um, uh, the, the numbers tell an interesting story. They tell a story of frustration by ICE agents under Obama who couldn't do their job. It, uh, it also shows a story of money, because where are they putting these people, David? Private prisons. We've talked about that previously on the show. People are making, people are literally making money on the backs of detaining immigrants in America. They're making fortunes on this. Um, And we're, as taxpayers, allowing this to happen. Uh, This is not something, David, that's going to inure to the long-term benefits of the United States. You know, we've already seen, since the Trump administration began, a 20% decline in the number of people coming to study in the United States. And that's just in the first two months. These these declining student visa numbers can decimate universities and colleges in the United States. We've seen a massive decline in tourism. 
from outside. You know, tourism is one of the largest industries in America. Ask Florida. They've seen a massive drop in foreign tourism to the United States. Again, attributable directly to Donald Trump and his anti-foreigner rhetoric. These are things that will have extraordinary long-term consequences unless he is timely impeached. I will do. I will say this, David. Do you remember the professor who predicted that Trump was going to win, and he predicted the winners of the last eight elections based on some obscure formula? He's a history professor from American University. Remember this guy? He has now written a book that said Trump will be impeached in the next two years, and gives his factors for doing so. I, I mocked that guy back last year when he said Trump was going to win. I no longer mock him. I hope he's right. I hope he's right because I think Donald Trump is going to do extraordinary long-term damage to the United States. Let's take our final break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the final segment here on America's Immigration Hour. Uh, it is, um, it's been a long day, David. It's been a long day. It's only the morning. It's been a long day. And I, I, I guess my frustration is showing through uh, with, the, um, with the numbers of, um, of people uh, that are suffering under President Trump, uh, that are uh, feeling uh, the burden of, um, uh, of his rhetoric. He's really done nothing as president other than nominate a Supreme Court justice who got passed. David, you and I could have done that with our hands tied behind our back. Um, but he's done nothing to really help uh, America get better if he thinks it's not good. I think America's really great, but he's done nothing other than attack and degrade and demean. Oh, and I do believe he's sucked off the government teat quite well. I notice you haven't complained about his trips to Florida and his vacations, David. I know you're frequently commenting on Obama's trips to Hawaii, all eight of them. 
uh, now Trump has support has surpassed that in, in literally two months in office, uh, traveling down to Mar-a-Lago, um, or as somebody called it recently, Mar-a-Loco. Uh, and uh, it just seems to me that we could expect more from a president than to destroy what we believe in, what we stand for, and propose solutions. I, it could just be that Trump is just not smart enough to be president. And while he may be an effective businessman, he has zero understanding of public policy, uh, of the rationale behind doing things. And he has no way to explain in anything other than third grade language to the American people the need for the things that he ran on. He, he literally cannot explain health care to you. He cannot explain tax reform. David, he can't even explain in any rational, believable manner why he won't redu- why, why he won't give you his tax returns. Other than it's quite likely he has paid no taxes, uh, and he does simply does not want you to know that over the years. How is a president, David, going to pass tax reform if we don't know what his taxes look like and how much he would benefit from tax reform? I mean, if I'm in Congress, regardless of the party I was in, I would say no, no tax reform until we know how you are going to benefit, Mr. President, because here's a man who could greatly benefit from this. And so uh, I guess I'm just exhausted uh, of uh, from the way he has treated the people of America. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just curious whether the people that voted for him, and I, did, I didn't vote for him, David, uh, are happy about what he's done. I mean, clearly his approval ratings are in the toilet. His approval ratings on par with, I don't know, Saddam Hussein. I mean, it's just nobody likes this guy. And people now believe he lies. Finally, everybody knew he lied that voted against him. Uh You've got a, a, a just a president who is just not helping us move forward as a country, especially in the immigration context. And it is, I guess, that just physically exhausts me. Uh, it just makes me tired. It just makes me super tired. And uh, uh, going forward, the question becomes, what can we do? What can we do? This election here in Georgia today is not going to change anything, regardless of who wins. Uh, We really need a groundswell of movement. You know, people like me, David, who have been on the immigration uh, reform bandwagon for virtually my entire career, almost 28 years, we're not the ones to lead this. We need young, fresh voices who understand and know the, the, the power of immigration to America, the power that unleashes when we invite and bring in and ask for and beg to come here, the best and the brightest in the world. When we make it uh, commodious, when we make it comfortable for them, when we say that our society is open to you, it is then that we begin to harness, harness and unleash the absolute power of of immigration to our country. Uh, not forgetting, of course, that we've got a massive problem 
in our service sector uh, with not enough qualified people, not enough eligible people to work or desirous to work in that field. We've got massive issues in our agricultural sector. Uh, we've got extraordinary issues even in our high-tech sector. We're just not, for the growth that we want to see and the growth that we expect, we neither have these, the, the growing population without immigration nor the immigration laws that effectively allow for the the right and necessary people to come legally to the United States. If we really need 4 million farm workers, there is no visa to bring 4 million farm workers here. It doesn't exist. If we really need you know, 300,000 people to work in chicken processing plants, we don't have a visa for that. We don't have a process for that. Uh, you know, if we really need doctors in rural communities. Our visas aren't sufficient for that. Uh, if we really, really want the best and the brightest and the highest paid, our visa process isn't sufficient for that. We just don't have a program in place. Uh, and until we see uh, a groundswell of movement, maybe it takes, David, everybody's mom or dad uh, dying uh, or going getting sick uh, and... Um, uh, uh, needing uh, uh, um, uh, a nanny to come care for them uh, and uh, saying, hey, who's going to take care of my mom? Who's going to take care of my dad? Uh, why is the nursing home so expensive? Why can't I do this at home? Those are issues that could be solved with good, positive immigration but are not being done because our politicians would rather uh, they would rather use the issue to demagogue the other party. Uh, they would rather use the issue uh, to uh, to make it seem as if immigrants are bad, and we know they're not. We know everything about them is good. Now. Immigrants are no more perfect than Americans. Immigrants commit crimes, but certainly at a lower rate. They uh, they might use welfare to a certain extent if they were allowed. They're generally not allowed to. But given opportunity, if we could open up the opportunity window, I think we would see explosion of uh, of, of of growth of economic development um, uh, and, uh, and and a happiness factor. Uh, you know, I have kids that go to school that are afraid they're not going to see their mom and dad when they come back. Uh, they are afraid of uh, um, uh, uh, of coming home to an empty house. They are afraid of uh, not uh, being uh, a family. And this is something that we should never tolerate in the United States. We can't tolerate this. We can't continue to allow this to happen. Uh, the mar- I would love to see a large march for immigrants, when by immigrants, uh, including immigrants, on the Capitol, much like the Million Woman March and much like the march uh, against Donald Trump's nuttiness. I would love to see... A million people show up in Washington, D.C. on the president's doorstep and demand that he learn something. Uh, 
that he uses brain for something other than tweeting irrelevant information and, and pissing off world leaders. Uh, and that we somehow motivate our congressmen and our senators to finally fix an issue rather than demagoguing it like our current senator here in Georgia has, Senator Perdue, who literally wants to cut legal immigration in half at a time when we can no more afford to do that than we can afford to cut all, to, 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 to sew our lips together and stop eating. Um, that's really what we need to do. Uh, and this is not really a progressive issue uh, or a conservative issue. This is an American issue, and uh, we need to somehow have a system in place that makes it easy to immigrate to America for the good people uh, and makes it hard for bad people to come, but at the same time respects the values and the, uh, the power of the American people and those that become Americans by choice. An American by choice, in many ways, David, is more powerful than an American by birth. Many times as Americans that are born here, we we take this right for granted. My dad never did. My dad is the son of, of naturalized immigrants. He saw firsthand the impact of this country on his life and his parents' lives. Uh, Not every American has that. Not every American today that grows up understands the power of choosing to be an American and why so many people around the world want to be Americans. David, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm proud to be an American without getting into a, a, a Greenwood hymn. Uh, but I, I, I'm grateful for the, the opportunities this country has given me and grateful for the immigrants that have made that possible and have made us an even better place than we can ever have been. That's our show for this week on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at chuck at immigration.net or david at America's Web Radio and pass the, pass the information along on your Facebook page or Twitter. Uh, we're at, we're at uh, C. Cook, C-K-U-C-K, or at the Immigration Hour. And love to hear from you. Until next week, this is Chuck Cook, host of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.
Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.